It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode, titled Bees on Tinder, originally aired on Patreon on January 30th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Mm, warm coffee. <laughs> no. No, I said, no, I won't say it. <laughs> well, listen, if this is how we're starting, it's going to yep. be a rare episode. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll say, we'll, we'll just have to see which way the, the winds of change take us here. Cause, uh, we have zero scripting for this episode whatsoever. We have no plan. Um, we we you know typically will piggyback off of whatever the main segment was that came out on the Hive Jive for uh, for our bonus episode here on the Hive Jive Junkies, and uh, but we don't we don't have a plan. So it could be entertaining. Um, we mm-hmm. actually not all the time does this happen, but we had a night of sleep between the main episode and the bonus episode so that's like wiping a clean slate (laughs) you wake up and it's all fresh and new (laughs) oh um so how are you this morning here yep me too (laughs) i'm here i'm here that's all there is to it i got a cup of coffee that i'm pretty sure has way more calories and sugar in it than anybody needs in a day uh, <laughs> it's almost kind of like what is that one you I called that, the got candy my bar? Coffee. I just want the caffeine in it. I can't have sugar because my diet. But yeah, but you made me a cup of coffee that one time. What what the hell did you I call, call it? it? Candy bar. Candy bar. Yeah, that's candy bar. <laughs> it's got all kinds of crap in it. Yeah, you just put <laughs> lots of creamer and lots of sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It's candy bar it's syrup. <laughs> it's syrup. That's okay though. That's kind of how I like my coffee. Um, I put so much crap in it, it might as well be syrup. Because if you give me a cup of just regular coffee, I'm like, what the hell is this? No, I like chocolate in mine too. That doesn't surprise me. I like chocolate. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. So when we're we gonna get, we gotta get some chocolate bees. So make bees honey, chocolate honey. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know too much about the chocolate plant or the vanilla plant, um, but I do know that, you know, more than likely those things obviously do bloom, oh, whether yeah. or not honeybees go and are a part of that pollination process, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I do know, though, that like orange blossom honey doesn't necessarily taste like oranges because the nectar in that blossom is not the orange and therefore it's not going to have the citrus, Right. right? And avocado honey, when they go and they actually pollinate avocados, it's not green. Yeah, it's not green. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> doesn't have that smooth, creamy taste of avocado. Um, so some of that stuff is almost uh, like psychosomatic or that uh, uh, we'll have to placebo have. kind of effect. Where like you know, kind of like college kids, you, you yeah. have the beer can in your hand yeah. and you're instantly drunk, but you haven't even opened it yet. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the same. Like you see orange blossom or you see avocado and so your brain keys into well i have to find that flavor in here somewhere if it exists or not we'll have to get our our uh reporter from down under to send us a picture of avocado honey well they sell avocado honey here in the states yeah yeah there's avocado honey here and you get guacamole honey no oh I'm pretty sure you've asked that before. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> You're obsessed with your guacamole honey. I like guacamole. But anyway, so well, avocado honey is not green. It is not green. Okay. The only honey that has a, a kind of a, that I know of, let me, let me preface that. The only honey that I know of that even is remotely green is Tupelo honey. And the honey itself is That's, not green, mm-hmm. but there's a just a hint of a sheen to it. That is almost like an iridescent green when the light hits the surface just right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Tupelo honey, that's some that's some pretty stout stuff. It's extremely floral, hmm. like extremely floral. Yeah, and you said that's that's rather expensive. It is rather expensive. It has a rather short bloom period. It's in very awkward spots a lot of times to get it 
because it likes to be in swampy, marshy areas. So they're going to have to take their boats down there. Or they're, in they're, the old days, that's exactly how they did it. They'd put the beehives on barges and float them through the swamp hmm. and uh, as the blooms were going to catch the blooms. And so it was a high high price commodity because it was kind of a rarity and it was a bit of a trick to get. Not everybody wanted to do that. Um there's down in that region, when you do like Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, um, you end up, you've got Tupelo honey and then you've got sourwood honey. Sourwood honey. And the sourwood trees that grow out there, there's quite the rivalry between Georgia and Florida over whose sourwood is truly the best and whose is, <laughs> is what, right? Um, so there, there's quite a, a little, I learned that when we went out there to the Young Harris Institute for their, their beekeeping um well, would they do their master beekeeper thing in Georgia? And uh, yeah, there was there was lots of talk over See, whose was better. I got Georgia bees coming. I don't think I get bees from Florida. You don't want bees from Florida. Okay, they're the same as bees from Texas. Well, I think they got attitudes. Oh, okay, <laughs> they're Florida redheaded muds okay. <laughs> instead of Texas redheaded. Well, muds. that's where a lot of your commercial guys go to let their bees heal up over the winter. Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting a yeah I could see how uh, and those bees their 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 brood boxes are full of pollen because they've been to different places and if they've been to you know uh, the west coast California they're full of almond pollen yeah and then they go with blueberry so uh, does blueberry honey taste like blueberries? Nope, and oh, it's not blue. Okay, didn't figure. <laughs> so, uh, so then they take those bees to their well. A lot of them take them to Florida and let them heal up on. Well, Florida is also an overwintering thing too, right. though. So it allows the colonies. It's warm enough that they can actually start to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. So that when the almonds are ready, because if you're anywhere else. Your hives are dormant. They're shrinking. Yep. They're not in a state where if you took them to the almonds, they mm-hmm. could make full do of it. They don't have the forage force. So if you put them in a state like southern Texas or over in, uh, like you said, Florida, um, anywhere across that, like the Gulf lower states there, right. if you put them in the southern parts of those states, then it's still warm. They still raise brood. They still grow. There's things that grow and flower, especially when you move from like subtropical to tropical. Um, they're going to have plenty of food. So they grow, they get big enough that they can actually do a forage for us, and then they get shipped over and they start their, their pollination route. I know that uh, different ones I've talked to, uh, like, well, Mark, uh, the guy I'm getting all of my comb from, he would take them to, ca- to California, to the almond patches. Then as soon as they're done there, they go to the blueberries. And then once the blueberries are done, he goes to melons. And he said that's where he had let them heal up is on the melons. No, the melons is here in Texas, too. Yeah, yeah. it was here in Texas. Yeah, and the, but see that whole, that heal up, just that, that thought and concept. You shouldn't have to do that. Well, he says the hardest thing is the blueberries. I know, but do you understand what I'm saying by oh, you shouldn't yeah. have to do that? Oh, yeah. Like if we were responsible stewards, you wouldn't be putting them in places that cause them to be damaged to where they have to heal up at all. Right, but then also people like blueberries. Well, find a you better way to have, grow them without have, all the pesticides and chemicals. Well, that's going to be for the farmer mm-hmm. to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, for, and the farmer's <laughs> paying the, the bee guy to bring all these bees in, and he's sitting there. Yeah, okay, I'm paying you a lot of money. Yeah, you know what, though? Okay, so so this is something that just kind of irked me off. Um, we were going through and we were looking at, because at one point in time, when the the big neonicotinoid thing first exploded on the Mm -hmm. scene, when you went into a big box store like Lowe's or Home Depot, all of the plants, all of them, all the flowers, everything had neonicots in them. They had started off treated the seed pre-treated and then therefore the plant had it in it. And they came up with this, when everybody finally started giving enough pushback and saying that it was a bad thing, they came up with this plan, Home Depot did, where they were going to go through and they were going to start visually marking and identifying which plants did or did not have the nicks in them. And then they had a plan starting in 2015 that by 2018, they will have phased out over 90% of all of their neonicotinoids in any of their plants, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, they made it to that 90 percentile, and it was basically that that extra 10 percent. And here's the kicker. So really pay attention to this part. Mm -hmm. That extra 10 percent is because there are some states that required that neonics were used on certain plants. Required it. Required. That pisses me off because what that is is that's. You know, somebody's got their hand in Big Brother's pocket or vice versa. Big Brother has their hand in somebody else's pocket because, you know, they are subsidizing and paying for and therefore they get the favor that, well, you make this mandated law and I make a shitload of money. Now, is it uh, I know that certain uh, the nation now has said, okay, you can use or the government, you can use certain poisons. That will kill bees. Now, it well, made it legal where it what used to be illegal. Now, that's illegal again. But anyway, uh, <laughs> as y'all know, can tell, we didn't have a plan today. No. So, but hey, random rants and tangents. Now, now uh, when will you want to come out and check my bees and see what we should do, how we should plan on splitting. If we're going to get to split, I'm sure we're going to get to split some because I had a lot of food. There was a lot of food. A lot of that is going to be very tricky. And right now we are caught in a catch-22. Um, for those of you that have already listened to the main segment on Monday, you heard us talk there towards the end about don't be complacent with the current weather conditions. Right. And the, the reason for that is because pretty much every year, February throws that curveball. And last year, February had Easter a few days. Easter what he's talking about. Yeah, that's what Ken calls it. I just call it evil. <laughs> just Easter kidding. Fail. So, you know, last year in February, we, we did have a little cold dip, and, and it wasn't that bad, and mm. all the colonies survived. And, and so far to that date, we had zero colony failure, zero colony loss over winter last year. Mm. And then all of a sudden in March, which this is even more mm -hmm. bizarre for us, because usually by March we're into spring for us. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, but all of a sudden in March, then it hit. Mm -hmm. And we lost three colonies in two days. Oh. I mean, it was insane. Just boom. And the reason for that is because they've started that buildup process. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say it's a catch-22 is because we could go out there. We could go out there today. It's supposed to be 74 degrees. We could go out there. We could open everything up, go through them, do a great evaluation on them. And then in three weeks, that cold snap could hit, and yeah. we could lose colonies that we thought would have been perfectly fine. I know the the two ten frames that I had that were honeybound, and now one of those ten frames you talk about going after pollen, they are going after the pollen, and I've been putting it out. I'm sitting there, and at the house, I've been putting it out, and I don't have any bees at the house. And well, you do. They just live in trees. They're in trees. <laughs> uh, and I am feeding them pollen and sugar water, not sugar water now because John had chewed me out because they can't evaporate the water as easily. But uh, I've been pouring the pollen out there and they are going after it because I'm sitting there. Okay, I'm going to have a bunch of swarm traps out. Yep. Okay. Freebies. Yeah, you're trying to bolster those. <laughs> Ken's purposely trying to artificially stimulate the bees in the trees to make them swarm. Bees so maybe they trees. will they will pick his swarm traps. That I mean, I guess that's one way. You're you're kind of trying to generate your own uh, bee factory, mm -hmm. nature made bee mm -hmm. factory. There. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, we got. I don't know if that one big swarm that came in and left got out. You know, came in, went in one of my traps, and then left went to the tree that's right there beside it well that swarm though that was we found swarm. we found three other swarms or four well i think what the big swarm was is because sometimes everything gets confused mm -hmm. and if you have virgin queens mixed in there their pheromones are not as strong mm -hmm. as a mated queen so you may have several after swarms that come out of there and they're taking more and more of the different colonies with them but they're headed by a virgin queen instead of a mated queen because it's an after swarm and when that happens they may all mix together into one massive swarm but that massive swarm has a mated queen and then it could have two or three or four virgin queens in it and they keep 
like they may get separated because then when they try to take off, well, some follow this queen and some follow that queen, and the bulk stay with the mated queen, but the rest don't. And if you remember, there was so much confusion out oh, there. Yeah. You was. had that little box had mm-hmm. a little queen, but mm-hmm. she was only really getting the attention of like 15 bees, mm-hmm. and she was a virgin queen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that big swarm was legitimately, excuse me, I don't know if that big swarm was legitimately like one massive swarm from one colony Mm -hmm. or if it were, if it was multiple swarms that had merged together. Um, It's really hard to say, but they, they kept coming together and going apart and coming together and going apart. And it was really kind of tricky on that, but all be it whatever it is, you know, you, you have at least one tree out there that's got bees in it again. The one that was all holy. There's not anybody in that one. They were there early in the year no, before that swarm happened. And, yeah, that, that, that was a yeah. They're gone. Yeah, uh, the tree that's uh, right there beside where that big swarm came to the trap, uh, or yeah, there, it's back. It, it. I don't know if it, it, they've ever left, but I figured that's where that one of them bunches went to. Then across the slough, we've got a big tree, and I was talking to the guy there, and he says, Ken. They've been bees in that tree for 10 years, and it's huge. Um, did you say that there was actually one out at Mason as well? Yeah, two out at Mason. Have you went out there when you were out recently and looked to see if they still had any activity? They're working well, when I was out there when the uh, broomweed was blooming. Well, that was a long time at, ago. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, mean, yeah. I mean, since winter I, not, started. Not since then, though. No. No, I hadn't drove. I, I looked at them last year. They were doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was last year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It is 2020. That was 2019. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, you know, a few weeks, a few months ago. But, yeah, they were working then. But, no, I haven't been there since lately. Okay. But I feel like they are because that was a big hive and they were a big colony so let's let's take that little note and just for everybody's reference um and this is probably something that would would have been better said on the main segment but when we go through and we talk about potential colony losses over Mm -hmm. winter there's multiple reasons that you can lose that colony Mm -hmm. it can be from disease it weakens them to the point where there's just not enough bees in there that can sustain the heat to keep the colony alive they can also be lost due to the cold and Mm -hmm. they can starve Now, the crazy thing is some of those can all happen at the exact same time where you've got your colony in there and the cluster may be decent enough that they can generate heat, but the temperatures outside get so cold and the the hive itself may not be insulated enough to really hold in the heat. Mm -hmm. So you have this cluster, it's vibrating, it's generating heat, and it's having to use a lot of resources to do that. But the cold around them is so intense they can't break that cluster and move over. So if their food is two frames away, mm-hmm. they can't travel those two frames that are unheated that are negative 20 degrees to get the food and bring it back. And that food is negative 20 degrees because it's in an ambient temperature part of the hive if they're not generating enough uh, heat for it, right? So what you end up with is this colony that when you looked at it before the cold snap hit, Mm -hmm. was doing amazing. They had brood that they were raising. They've got Mm -hmm. a lot of bees, and they had a lot of food, but the food was further away from them. And then all of a sudden, that cold snap hit, and this is what happened to us last year in one of the top bars, the cold snap hit. The colony starved out because they couldn't reach the food. So then their vibration to generate heat started decreasing because they had no more carbohydrates to provide the energy to do it. And then suddenly they got chilled because they weren't getting enough heat and they froze and they died. And they fell straight down in a pile directly underneath where the cluster was. And then you've got all the bees that were in the comb. They buried their heads down in the comb to vibrate to generate the heat to start that process. And they die there, too. And they're dead in the comb with their little butts sticking out. So that is a combination of wow. starvation and freezing. And it started because of the cold. And then they couldn't get to the food because of the cold. And then they started starving. And then the cold finally took them out. So you can run into situations like that. And sometimes they're literally unavoidable. There may have been things early in the year that could have been done, um, but not necessarily if they have food in there, it wasn't because you didn't feed them enough. They had food. It was just circumstantial at that specific time, the food was further away. And we had talked off the air about how you could have preemptively say, say today it's 74 
and say we know that on Wednesday, this is not real, but it's a hypothetical, on Wednesday, we're going to have a cold front come through and our high is going to be 20 and our low is going to be negative one. You could go in there today when it's 74 and do your evaluation and you could turn around and you could take that food and you could move it up to where mm -hmm. it's right beside the brood cluster. So then they don't have to cross empty frames to get to it, right? Now, if you do that, there's two downsides to it. Number one, you have opened the box, broken all the seals, nothing is going to be sealed up and airtight, so now you may let a little bit more cold air in, or mm -hmm. they're going to have to expend more energy to try to repair it, and they've only got a couple of days before that cold front hits. Mm -hmm. Now, when the cold front hits, everything's great because they're right there by the food, and they're warming it as they're warming themselves. They can still get the food and potentially be okay. Or you could do, we talked about the solid sugar feeding, you could go through and you could make some of that sugar fondant and or do a sugar camp and mound and you can put that if it's a Langstroth directly above the brood cluster on top of the frames and then mm -hmm. put your shim on there and, and raise it all up. Um, that could be another solution if you know that cold front's coming because at least it's right there. The heat's going to go up to it and they might be able to go up a couple inches, get the food and come back down. So those are good points. Now, the bad point, the second bad point is the fact that say you go through and you do this, right? And let's uh, let's, pre <laughs> let's pretend it's a top bar hive. Well, if you have originally brewed by the entrance and food is going back towards the back and they've slowly eaten their way through that colony, now you've got all this empty comb up there, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you could take, regardless top bar Langstroth, you can take those capped solid frames of food and put them right up by the brood cluster but then if you don't go back and fix that later, you've now created a honeybound situation. So when it warms back up, the queen's going to lay in the open cells, but that wall of honey for several frames or several comb is right, right beside her, and she will not likely cross it to get to the rest of the empty comb. So you then would have to go back and you're going to have to redo your temporary food fix, right? So it can make it really kind of tricky and, and complicated. Um, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes you leave them be and they do just fine. It's, it is, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> a lot of the times it's just really like, well, what if, what if, what if, you know, the hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have went and done this. So I should have went and done that. Yeah, but if you had, you may have wound up with the same results. You mm -hmm. know, it, it may have just been that that colony wasn't going to make it. So it can be really tricky. Usually the very end of January, where we are right now, mm -hmm. is when I go through and I do my very first inspection to see what colonies look like they're going to be big enough and strong enough to go through and survive. Now, this year we went through and we actually wrapped um, some of the colonies. And uh, in doing so, it was some of the top bars specifically. Um, but in doing so, I don't, I don't want to unwrap them to check them because the way they're wrapped... You can't get to any of the bars to take them out. Right. They've got the foam core insulation mm -hmm. all the way around them. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of tricky. So I'm kind of like, well, crap. You know, that was one of those situations where I, in some regards, might have shot myself in the foot. It's good because the colony has more insulation. They're going to stay warmer. They're probably going to do better. But I don't have any way to check and see how much food they have left without undoing the insulation mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a chore it'll get cold yeah it was a it was a two-man project um to have that put together like that so it can really be it can it can just be a challenge all the way around with some of those things your turn <laughs> i'm just trying to stay away i know <laughs> that's why i said it's your turn but you know i don't know i think that it's just going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if they're going to die, they're going to die. And if they're not, well, great, then we can split them. <laughs> if they're big and strong if enough. They're strong yeah. enough. And we don't want to split them if they're weak. Yep. But see, now you know why last year, you know, you would you would make that comment very frequently. Man, that one's so big. We're going to split that one three times. I'm like, we have no idea if that's going to survive the winter. And it may come out of the winter and end up being your smallest colony at the beginning of spring. Like, you never know what's going on inside there or what could potentially happen. I know. I want to check the, the trailer hive so bad because they took off. You know, that that was a big swarm went in there. No, well, it, it was all right. It wasn't yeah. as big as the rock hive. That no. swarm was huge. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Yeah. And that's one that we think was probably 
that big swarm that came in within yes. that trap. The rock, the rock hive was the, the majority of the big swarm because we literally took that out of the tree. Yeah. Um, but the one that went into the trailer hive, it was one of those like, I think that was one of the where it had split off into multiples. Mm-hmm. And that was probably also headed by a virgin queen because for the for the longest time, nobody could find a queen. We couldn't uh, see what was going on. Them. We didn't see eggs, but they were in there. They were trying. And then when we did first see eggs, immediately there were emergency queen cells. Just bam. Right. Um, so it can be kind of tricky for sure. Yep. And uh, but uh, she, I think that's a good laying queen because because that's when I finally closed it up. There was a lot of bees in there. And that's yeah, good. And that's, and that's one of those, like, that's the victory story or a mm-hmm. success story because it started off extremely rough. Yep. We didn't know if it was going to be queenless, well, if it was going to all go to hell. Leave too, because they yep. were staying outside the hive more than they were in until we put a queen excluder in. And then well, that they was, still stayed outside, but finally they all moved back in after a yeah, while. That was the rock hive on that oh, one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the rock hive. The trailer hive had a lot of a lot trailer of Trailer hive, they never even left. They never come back out. That yeah. was their home. Yeah, they came, they went in, they were there. But but again, with the problem with them was we didn't know if we had a queen. Yeah. If we didn't have a queen, was it going to go laying worker? If it yep. did, it would have all been for not, you know, it had to scrap it. Yep. Um, but they did good. They They rebounded. They survived. And then the little nuke that we got, and uh, you know it—it it was not a big bunch of bees. But last time I looked in there, there was a lot of bees in there. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll find out what happens there too. And uh, but yeah, we'll find out. And we'll, you know, I, the only one I'm worried about is the top bar that I don't know if a cow hit it and knocked the. Our wind hit it and got the the top vibrating and moved one bar over just about an inch. And there was bees over the hole they could go in and out. I don't know. I know when I found it, I walked over there. Oh, well, I'll fix it. And I reached down there. And about the time I reached down there, one bee come out of there. And she looked at me <laughs> and took off after me. She got right in my face and started doing the figure eights looking at my face. And she, I said, she's fixing to sting me. <laughs> And I turned and I mean when I turned and went towards the truck, she was right there she something was right in the back of you. my head. So, you know, I named my company Wicked Bee and that was primarily because I Wicked outside of cuss words, mm-hmm. <laughs> a specific cuss word or two, hmm. Wicked Bee is literally or no, it's not Wicked Bee, but Wicked, the word wicked mm-hmm. is one of my favorite words, if not my favorite word. And I, I see it as a lot of different things kind of play into that. It, it's very fitting in multiple ways. And so I named the company Wicked Bee because I thought it was actually a great little kind of play on words because if, you, if you're dealing with our Texas redheaded mutts, well, they can be wicked in that negative sort of way. Mm-hmm. And if they're in your home and you don't want them there, you know, like our removal service, mm-hmm. you may see them as a wicked little problem in a negative sort of way. But wicked also can denote awesome, cool, amazing, fascinating, like all these other things. Mm-hmm. And they're they they're in every bit those things as well. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, this is just perfect. It's my favorite word. It's like I can put it on there for the company and it's all great. But there's oftentimes where we're going out and we're doing different um, jobs, especially like the removal jobs and stuff. And I will joke. Maybe we should have named the company One Pissed Off Bee, <laughs> because inevitably there's always that one oh, bee yeah. <laughs> that is mad, she's and the boss, she follows or, or you. She's the guard bee. <laughs> she's she's the one with the attitude. Yeah, but she will literally follow you to the truck everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and you know you get like you get done with the removal or you get done doing your inspection and you're 50 yards from the hive and you still got just one. Mm-hmm. Like pegging you in the back of the head, trying mm-hmm. to get in through your veil. Yep. One pissed off bee. So there you go. There's a free company name for somebody One out there. Off One bee. pissed off bee. Um, hmm. Okay, so here's a couple of funny little things. Okay. And, um, you know, we're, we're telling this just to you Patreon members here, our patrons for the show. You, you get to hear this. Um, it has not necessarily been <laughs> stated live for the, the whole world. But, um, Brett, brother, uh, I hate to tell you, but... Uh, it is looking like you are not going to be the first Australian fan in our studio live and in person. <laughs> um, you have some competition out there, sir. And uh, 
we were we were contacted by Catherine and the the conversation was quite entertaining because she had posted it started off on a Facebook post. She had posted a thing on there and she was like, we love listening to your show while we're driving around Australia. And I was like, oh, well, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that we could provide entertainment for your trip. Right. Or for, you know, mm-hmm. your, your journeys in your car. And she responds back and she said, oh, and we're we will definitely be downloading episodes to listen to while we fly <laughs> to Austin. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Oh, they're flying, flying to Austin. Flying probably Austin. to it's not it's not it doesn't line up with any of our festivals anything like that really i don't I, and i didn't ask why not they're actually coming limits. no they're it's not acl it's not no. south by southwest it's not anything specific wow and it's coming up within a few weeks like extremely quickly okay um but so we went back and forth and and uh we started chatting on private message there and She's going to come in and, um, you know, I asked her if she would like to come in and, and chat on the show. And her her direct quote, which cracked me up, was like, I would love to come in and chat. I've been known to talk the leg off of a chair. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, but I think it'll actually be very, very fascinating. She She said on here, you know, like some topics that we could touch was how her bees managed to live through all the bushfire smoke and keeping bees in Australia in general. And then also, on an interesting little note, her experiences keeping bees in New York City. So we uh, we will have... New York City! New York City! Yeah. Get a rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyhow, the uh, we, we do now... Brett has some competition. I mean, he, he can still be our, uh, our well, uh, Ken's redneck brother from another mother down yeah. under. But also, uh, I was telling some of my friends and family and stuff, you know, they, they get a kick out of hearing like all the updates and, and where we're at on everything at the moment with Patreon and, and with the show in general and how many total listeners in the cities and the counties and countries and all that fun stuff. And we've got all these people writing in, but we had multiple messages in a row that all came from Australia. And I started laughing and I kind of said it half as a joke. And then I was like, oh my God, we have to do this. But when, we're, when we start doing the shirts... We already are going to do a Hive Jive Junkie shirt, right? So we'll have that. That's going to come out there. That's going to be for everybody. <laughs> but I also decided we need to have a shirt that says the Hive Jive, and then it, like underneath it in subtext it says, we're big down under. <laughs> Works for me. Because <laughs> apparently, apparently we're big down under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it has subtext because it could mean different things based on your perspective. <laughs> okay, that's, that's where we'll end that one. But okay, well, you know, down <laughs> under like Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're down under. Yeah, I think they'll just you know, y'all be sure to keep the rockets tied down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And we did on the main segment, we did go out there and we did say, you know, just for everybody's correction and information, it was Jacob that sent us that. And Jacob is the same individual that actually won the the fruitcake. Oh, okay. But Jacob is the one that sent us that photo of the rocket. And we inadvertently, um, in a fit of delirium and, and hilarity, went through and gave credit to Brett um, and Brett was like no no that's hysterical but I didn't do it and uh, then I went back and I looked and I was like oh that came from Jacob so we reached out to Jacob and we apologized and we announced it on the main segment and said hey you know Jacob is the one that provided us with this photo and it's great and so we've now posted it out there on social media so that everybody can enjoy it as well and and see what we were talking about but it will be credited appropriately and, and we'll tag Jacob in it as well so um, so there's, there's our little correction corner for that, but thank you guys so much for being a part of this and being a, a very intimate part of the family and a part of the hive jive, our little colony here. We definitely appreciate all the patrons and you guys are great. We greatly appreciate it. Ken's sitting over here. He's got a smirk. I'm not sure if that's just, you know, oh, I'm just sitting here thinking when John starts talking a lot, it's when I'm about half asleep. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here and my head's hitting the, the, the mic. So, yeah. Um, and it's not it's not necessarily due to anything other than the, he. you guys have heard him say it a thousand times, at least once an episode, every episode. He wakes up between 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning and he hits the road, drives to Austin because he's about an hour and a half outside of town, mm-hmm. um, gets to Austin. He arrives at the radio station at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. depending on the day and the mm-hmm. schedule. 
and then spends from then all the way up till 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. live on the air doing his live radio mm-hmm. show. And then immediately we give him enough time to run to the restroom and run and get coffee. And then we come back and turn on the mics and we immediately start the hive jive process. Yep. And that can go for hours. Yep. Um, so depending on how late and in the then, day it gets, he's a little tired. <laughs> and then we may, in there somewhere, we may be doing a Untamed Heritage. Yes. Yeah. We have other podcasts we actually work on. Um, and, and Ken has a problem with volunteering himself and me for other things. Uh, you may have heard on the main segment he he made this crack about how oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get into olive trees and if anybody knows about olives let me know and we'll do a podcast about it and immediately I was like no we won't <laughs> we we already have know. enough man. olive tree honey might be pretty good I don't know I don't either I don't know about that I I think but they we have almonds in Texas well you we did got say trees that will yes. grow almonds in Texas yes you did say and it that is the, at Texas A and M yeah who invented them and what was my response. I don't know. You I don't remember. Asleep. You don't remember what I told you. <laughs> you he said, was we like, didn't need albums I'm, in I'm gonna get a thousand trees and Not put out there. And I was like, no. I'll put a million acres in. Yeah, I was like, no. So we can we can grow our award winning Texas almond milk. Ugh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said no. They they already have well, a problem we'll just with go that. Ours so hackberry then. Yeah, we we already have a problem with. Uh, unsustainable agricultural systems we don't need to contribute to that further that's for sure yeah ours called feral pigs i have to say something (laughs) i have to say something i've been seeing this everywhere it cracks me up and i just had the most inappropriate thought um okay so i'm going to show you this photo i can show you two of them this one's dolly parton there's several of them that are out there i don't know where it came from the first couple of times I saw it, I was like, what? But there's this whole thing about like, it's four different pictures and uh-huh. four quadrants. And uh-huh. it says, this is what I would look like on LinkedIn. This is what I look like on Facebook. This is what I look like on Instagram. And this is what I would look like on Tinder. You, you got it? <laughs> yeah, I okay. got it. Tinder's a dating yeah, site. For those of you who don't know, it's a swipe right, swipe left. Pretty sure everybody in the world at this point knows that. But so like this one right here, this is, this is Dolly Parton. And yeah. you can Dolly. see the four different ones, right? And then... Um, this one over here on Instagram, um, oh man, it's going to be gone. I hate it when that happens because the feed the feed refreshes and then it's gone. There's these there's a couple of guys that are overseas that uh, we follow or they follow us. Oh, it's on my other feed. That's what it is. Um, and I believe they're brothers. Don't quote me on that, but um, they did one, and it was kind of funny because so to explain it basically, they have one photo. That is the two guys sitting side by side with a table in between them and the table has all their honey on it and it's very neatly displayed. Mm -hmm. And that one says LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a business profile, right? The next one says Facebook and it's both of them like just staggered where one's face is just a little bit in front of the other like he's looking over the other one's shoulder. And that's like, this is us on Facebook. And then they had the Instagram and it's a picture of him sitting on the ground with his legs crossed kind of like in a meditation pose with the beehives behind him. Mm -hmm. And then they had this is Tinder and there was a photo of one of them with their shirt off working the bees with no veil, no shirt, no nothing going out there and working the bees. And for some reason, it wasn't until I saw the one with Dolly Parton that this clicked in my head. And you're going to love this, Ken. You remember in season one where we would talk about um, the people that posted things on Instagram Mm -hmm. that was all tube tops and boobs and and never avail one? Yeah. Pretty sure all of her pictures would be tender. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of the four quadrants of Facebook, Instagram, yeah, okay. LinkedIn, and Tinder, it's just Tinder, 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 mm-hmm. Tinder. Or maybe it's Tinder grinder, Tinder grinder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, it's like, what? <laughs> that is I am so see, I can say that on here. It's all hey, for fun. It's 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 for fun, but there's also a point to that. You know yep. what? You don't go out there and keep bees looking like that. That's that's only when the cameras are present and you're putting on a show. So don't lie to the populations and make them think that, you know, you're out there with these Texas redheaded mutts that are mean as hell in nothing but a black tank top with your boobs hanging out, keeping bees. Because all that does is that sets up a very misrepresentation for things. I had a phone call with a gentleman yesterday mm-hmm. that he called in and he wants to hire me to come out and do hive management. He wants to start with a consultation and then hire me to do hive management for him. 
And when he first got started in beekeeping, he saw all this crap on YouTube and all this stuff on so Instagram. So he to start doing it in the black tank top? No, 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 oh. no. He saw all this stuff, and this is the point of the bad problems that this causes. He saw everybody out there in all these places that are not in the South that mm -hmm. don't have Africanized bees, and none of them ever say that. No, they don't. But they, he saw all this stuff, and he was like, well, that's the kind of beekeeper I want to be. I want to be out there, and I want to be able to take care of my bees, and I don't need a veil, and I shouldn't light a smoker, and I don't need gloves, and like all this stuff. And it was fine. But he bought bees. Until he got in there and started messing with them. He got bees here in Central Texas. Yeah. From a company that I know of. Yeah. And he didn't have a suit. He didn't even buy a suit. And he really? shows up to pick up the bees, and the owner of the company is loading the bees in the truck, and he's looking at him, and he's head to toe in a full suit. And he goes, um, you better put on a suit when you get home before you open these, because they're going to come out hot, and they're going to be mad, and they're going to eat you. And <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, and he said... Had he not told him that and had he not seen that man in that full suit, he very well could have lost his life when he got home and opened up those hives because they're the meanest bees he'd ever seen in his life. <laughs> and fast forward a year, he has, I don't know who this person is, but he has a neighbor down the roadways that mm -hmm. has, quote unquote, a lot of hives. Mm -hmm. And he always manages them without a suit, without a veil, with what, without whatever. I don't know what race of bees he has. I don't know where they came from. But that guy offered to come over and help him do some management and splits on his colonies. And the whole time, the guy was being all macho and like, well, I don't need this. I don't do this. And he kept telling him, the the gentleman that wanted me to come do the management kept telling him, you need to put on a suit. You need These bees are really, really mean. And the guy's like, oh, I work mine all the time without them. He almost wound up in the emergency room. They stung him to the point where he <laughs> physically. I mean, I know you're laughing, but the, well, no, the, it's not. The, yeah, well, I understand. Yeah, the other guy literally had to drag him out of the apiary because there were so many bees and he was being stung so many times. Wow, he almost lost his life. Damn. So when you put on your tight-fitting black tank top and you take your beautiful little pictures that make it look all serene and beautiful, that's not the reality of beekeeping. And you're going to get young people who look up to you hurt yep and that pisses me off yep so that's why you hear me every now and then make these little jabs and side comments on stuff i'm gonna grab that soapbox here in a minute oh we don't need it <laughs> i'm good i got my chair i got my mic it's live who needs a soapbox i can complain to the entire world or in this case to our patrons yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but what john's saying is be responsible. Yeah, that's all you got to be. Just be responsible and be considerate of other people. Yep. And it's like when Tara was on the show, mm -hmm. Tara even said she Tara was... Tara wears a complete well, oh, suit yeah, all the time. Yeah, Tara does. She chewed me out because I didn't. But she even says, like, I do have my one obligatory glamour shots beekeeping photo. Yeah. And, and she was like, you know, but that's not... And she openly admits that's not reality. That was super early in the morning. The mm -hmm. bees were not active. It was cool enough that she could do something and it was, she looked all beautiful and the light was just right as the sun came up and, you know, but that's not reality. Anytime she's in her hives, she's got on her veil. She's got on her suit. She's got, you know, depending on what she's working with, she dresses appropriately. And the most of her pictures and her feeds show them in their suits with their gloves with their smokers you know and so she is representing the reality of it and pointing out the fact that we did this for a magazine cover and it's just a pretty photo some people don't ever point that out <laughs> what what uh what i have learned is you know john's beat it in my head and i said ah, I, yeah i need to go do this or i need to go do this or i need to change you know this was back last fall i need to put some front you know change the uh entrances i need to put a smaller you know and then i had feeders in the front so i'd pull those out to change the the entrance bars and oh hell i can do that with other Without a suit. <laughs> I just, no, just you can't. Them damn bees will come after you so fast, and you ain't going to get away from them. Yep. That's the truth. Yep. I guarantee you. So, yeah. And then John says, well, Ken, didn't you just put the smoker up there and puff it a couple, three times in there? <laughs> what smoker? No, my damn smoker <laughs> went out. I had to go light it back. <laughs> so, no. That's yeah. one of the training videos that we're going to put out there is uh, lighting a smoker. <laughs> 
And I know that it sounds like, well, God, you should be able to do that. But so many people have problems with lighting a smoker. And the video may it may take me a little while to get that specific video done because I have this vision in my head. And I want to have the humor in there that we all feel like <laughs> when these things happen and we're frustrated. And I want to have that in there. So there's an explosion. There's like all kinds of great stuff for this oh, video no. that's planned um, that's going to be great. So look look forward to that one. It, it, like I said, it may take a little while of post-production to get it all worked out. But I, I already have. We've shot some of the scenes. I've got the special effects in place. Like it's, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. <laughs> I got to tell you one thing. One thing. Lint out of your dryer. Well, yeah, that's why people's houses burn down. That shit's flammable. <laughs> but you take it and you put it in the roll, your toilet paper roll. You mm -hmm. poke it in there. You can do the toilet paper roll or you can do the cardboard egg crates. And you can too. wad it up and shove it in the egg crate and then mm -hmm. cut out those individual sections. And you can use that oh, as a I mean, kindling like and starter. Gasoline. Yeah, it lights. Um, yeah. But but it's also a lot of times it's cotton mm -hmm. and plastic mm -hmm. and other things, which then means that it, it's not probably the best. Well, it's just lightens all I'm using it for. Yeah, but that plastic melts and becomes a residue down in there. And then it, it just may not be the best fumes that we should be putting out. <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm saying. But yes, dryer lit does amazing. That's why people's homes burn to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's very flammable. Yep. <laughs> like gasoline. So... Uh. What else we got to talk about? Uh, nothing. We didn't. We started off with nothing to talk about, Ken. <laughs> this whole episode was no plan. In <laughs> young tale. <laughs> well, next one we will have a plan. Will we though? Will we though? Because the plans, the plans I don't know. all we usually seem... don't do them on Sunday. This is true. They're usually not separated out like that. We just had too um, much to do yesterday. It. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Larry being sick kind of threw us for a loop on the other show. Yeah. So, but we. You know, the the whole thing is that, and I, I kind of like this because it's a little bit more open and free, and I've said that a couple of times about it, but we have this, the... But you have to tell me when you're going to do this, so I have my notes, so I can go to throwing stuff in. It's like, okay, well, is uh, what good is lavender oil? Well, well should I use eucalyptus oil? Or how about clove oil in my <laughs> new, uh, uh, well, those my are the... honeybee... You know, my, whatever I'm going to be making all this stuff. Yeah, those are the main segments, though. And those we do. We have show notes. You know, I oh, come yeah. in sometimes with the bullet points, and I tell you. And sometimes I don't tell you, because if I do tell you, you'll jump to the last bullet point, and you'll make it first. And mm -hmm. then I spend the rest of the show trying to reroute the course of that vessel <laughs> and mm -hmm. get it back in line. And it's um, cinnamon oil. Yeah, and see, what do you, <laughs> you're stuck on your oils. <laughs> you're just trying to find ways to get rid of all of them, since I, I you bought too now. many. I'm like soap out of them. <laughs> No, but uh, I mean, these are these are kind of nice. We have the scripted stuff, or at least we have a bullet point outline for the main segment. Um, the the deeper dives are extremely scripted, and you know, it just it allows us this bonus content allows us to be a little bit more ourselves, talk freely about whatever is current that is on our minds or current that is in the news, and and do it in a you know safe, inviting environment. <laughs> How do honeybees communicate? Lots of different ways. Dancing. Lots of different ways. Do you know who their favorite musician is? <laughs> oh. Sting. <laughs> uh, One of our listeners posted that, actually. <laughs> and I'm not going to say who, because it, it could have been Brett, it could have been Jacob, I don't even know. Uh, it just came up. They were showing on one of the History Channel or something about how bees are will leave a hive and they will just go straight. And they were doing time lapse. On the hives where they they'll show oh, yeah, how yeah. they you come out. You can see where they come out, and you got and the go, <laughs> yeah, and do the figure eights. Yeah, or they just make a straight line straight out, and they're just in single file straight out. Yeah, those are the foragers that already have been to the location that know what they're looking for, mm -hmm. know where they're going, and they're out. And oh, back. I mean, I had never seen something like that, and I'm sitting there. Oh, that's what John says all the time. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice to be validated there, Ken. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate. Throw that out. I appreciate that uh, yeah. that you know you don't trust you, you it until you see it on YouTube, <laughs> which is so the backwards opposite. <laughs> but anyhow, what else, sir? <laughs> no, we're we're done. <laughs> I'm done. I th are we done? Screw you guys. I'm going home. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, well, so, uh, you know, hopefully you guys managed to, to get a little bit of information out of there and also, 
Oh, also some entertainment for yeah, sure. No uh, doubt. But again, we we so greatly appreciate all of you patrons out there. You are so much the core of the Hive Jive. Um, it is it is literally we're from your y'all. support and everything that we're able to continue making the show bigger. Um, I, I've said this multiple times. I said it on the main segment, and I just want to continue like driving this home just in case. But everybody who has signed up on Patreon, you guys, all of you should have received a personal video message from myself saying thank you to you. If you have not seen that, go look for it. It should be in your email. It's coming from info at thehivejive.com, so it's coming from our actual email address. It'll have a video attachment in it, and I do know that some webmail servers might say, oh, caution, you know, we don't necessarily know because there's an attachment in here. And also some of them, depending on how full your inbox is, may not accept it because those video files are about 16 to 19 megabytes in size. And most mail servers cap any attachment at 20 megabytes. So if you didn't get one and you have signed up for Patreon um, and you haven't gotten one, you usually get it the exact same day that you sign up. Um, go out there, check your spam folder, you know, see if it's there. Um, if it is not there and, and we had one case where one did bounce back and we asked for a different email address and then they got it the second time. So, but if you didn't see it, just know that they do exist. I, I have been very diligent about making sure that, um, everybody gets a personal welcome and thank you directly from me. And it is a little like 30 second video clip, um, tailored specifically to you. So, just uh, just know that it's out there. Go look for it if you haven't seen it because it does exist. But we greatly, greatly appreciate all that you guys have done to support us and the encouragement and now the interactions where you guys can actually be an integral part of the show and make some decisions like the mites and the shirts and all this kind of fun stuff too. So thank you guys so very much. Thank you all so very much. It's been fun. It's always fun. Send some questions, you know, start coming off some no. off the wall stuff no. so so we can really get John, you know, really get him. You know, like oh, John, why are bees yellow and black? There you go. Why are bees yellow and black? Well, um, because they want to be. I guess. I don't know. And technically, I good Lord made them that way. Technically they're not yellow and black. What are they? They're more of an amberish orange to tan and black. And sometimes the fuzz is actually the tan part, but their body is actually black, and that gives them the stripes. But then when they lose the fuzz as they get older, then they're just black. Why are queens different colors? Because they can be, because they're a queen. Well, okay. It works for me. I can sit here and make up as many answers (laughs) as you want, man. Well, I know with with one of the queens you got, they're more of a golden color. Well, no, the queen, not necessarily, but the, well, okay, so I've raised some queens that are a beautiful, like, bright amber, golden Mm -hmm. orange kind of color, but the the big island queens, the ones that you referred to as the Bahama Mamas. Yeah, Bahama Mamas. Their offspring is, they're just gold. Mm -hmm. Their bodies are that gold color. Their fuzz is the light tan. The light hits them. They just shimmer, and they're gold. They lay out in the sun all damn day. Their little bottles. That should make them tan, not gold. (laughs) That should make them tan. Tanning oil, yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I'm going to sleep. Yeah, 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 we're good. Okay. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will have more bonus episodes, and we will be talking to you soon. Yep, y'all be good. Be safe. Be warm. Bye. Y'all be good. (laughs) See you later. Thank (laughs) y'all. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.